Man, we're going to be talking today about the power of remission. We talked the other week about the power of agreement. Uh, and, then, and then last week we talked about the power of atonement and what a powerful concept atonement is. Uh, there were three things, if you remember, I wanted you to get, and that's that our sins are covered inside and out, uh, that our sins are also removed from us, and that the wrath of God is removed from us because of the atoning work of the blood of Jesus. We just got through seeing about the blood of Jesus. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And because of the blood of Jesus, there's another word I want us to look at today, and it's remission. The word is remission. You don't see it and hear that word a lot these days. Most, uh, you know, the, the King James, the new King James, and some of the earlier translations would use the term remission of sins. Uh, nowadays, most of the newer uh, translations uh, like, uh, will, will say uh, forgiveness of sins. And, and there's, that's an accurate translation. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's something really powerful when you look at the concept of remission, uh, the remission of sins. It, it is forgiveness, but it goes even deeper and expands even more. Uh, and so what I want you to understand today, and these are some, some basic Christian concepts and tenets that we're talking about, uh, uh, agreeing with somebody in faith, understanding that you were you are atoned for. What does that mean? That's a very churchy sounding word. We talked about it last week. Which, by the way, if you weren't here last week or the week before, I, I encourage you uh, go online to uh, gatheringviridian.org. Uh, you can look under services, and there's a, a podcast section which uh, is the audio from the previous week. So if you wait a couple of days, uh, the audio from today will be online and available. Or you can even go to, uh, we have a YouTube channel, and the, the, the live stream actually gets put on YouTube as a video. Uh, but I encourage you to go back, not because it's me preaching, but because of the word that, that was presented, okay? So remission. Remission's got a very, very powerful concept behind it, okay? On the surface, remission does mean the forgiveness of sins, okay? But it also means more than that. It means the cancellation of debt, charge, or penalty. So it's just not a matter of God saying, how I forgive you. But he says, not only that, I've, I've torn up the invoice. That's pretty powerful. Which means it's canceled. It's, it's, uh, there's, no, there's no trace of it. Your debt, your, the, the charge, the penalty, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, so if you allow yourself to feel condemned because of mistakes in the past, and yet you're a believer in Christ, and you say, God, I, how are you going to use me? You know how bad I've messed up my life. He looks at you and says, I, not only do I forgive you, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't have any record here. Let me, let me go look at my invoice file. No, there's no invoice for that sin. That's pretty powerful. That's more than just forgiveness. That's just erasing the record, you know. He can't even, he's not even going to hold that against you. Well, you know, I forgave you the sin, but, hmm, just remember where that came from, you know. No, it's, it's not, he, he removes the issue at hand. 
And then medically speaking, this is pretty powerful, a diminution of the seriousness or intensity of a disease or pain. Man, that is a college word right there. Have I ever seen it? Diminution. That's a $20 word. You know that's going to be a good definition if you're using a word like diminution. That's... uh, that right there, that's like, that goes beyond my uh, education level. So diminution actually means uh, a shrinking, a considerable shrinking to make something insignificant, okay? So, uh, so to break it down for simple Dave brain, uh, I, when, when I was studying for the sermon today, uh, at, when, if, if I'm working at the house, my wife and I are sharing the, the home office and I'm trying to be good as not to disturb her from her work. And her being in the medical field, I asked her, I said, so medically speaking, what does remission mean to you? And as she was saying it, man, I was jotting down. I was like, man, this is, shoot, that's, that's some good preaching right there. She, says, she said, it means that when the disease has been made to lie dormant and no longer progresses in the body. That's pretty powerful. And we say it like with, most often with cancer. Hey, this, this patient is now in remission. But think of that in terms of sin. We were born with a disease, right? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans says. So, so we are born into sin. We were born with a, with a disease, a problem, sin. And yet remission, the blood of Jesus that remits our sin, doesn't just forgive us, doesn't just cancel the debt, but it is powerful enough to cause that sinful disease, that sinful nature that we're born into to diminish or it causes diminution or a shrinkage to insignificant. All of a sudden, what had power over you in your sinful nature is now through the blood of Jesus, if you believe can be caused, uh, can cause it to lie dormant and no longer progress in your spirit, man. That's power. Remission is a very powerful concept. So when the Bible says that he has, for remission of your sins, it's not simply just, oh, he's so sweet because he forgives us. Praise God he forgives us. Otherwise, we're all in heap big trouble, right? And it's not so much that he just even tears up the invoice, the penalty for our sin, but he is powerful. It's powerful enough that it sets you free from sin. That's why the Bible says, he that the son has set free is free indeed, is really, you're really free. Why? Because sin has now been made, if, if you'll permit the Holy Spirit to do so, it has now been made to lie dormant in your life and no longer progresses. That's why you are set free from the power of sin in your life. And, and so here's, here's our first scripture out of the chute about this. This is Jesus at the Last Supper, right? He says, for this is my blood of the new covenant. He's passing the cup around, right? This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many, for what? For the remission of, of sin. Some of the more modern translations will say for the forgiveness of sins. Well, it, it, that's still a correct translation. Uh, but, but there's something about the word remission that opens so much more. This is my blood that is shed uh, for the new covenant and it's shed 
so that not only are your sins forgiven, the invoice, the payment, the proof of the payment is shredded up. And not only that, the, my blood that is shed for this new covenant causes that sin to shrink to a point that is no longer an issue in your life and it can no longer progress in your spirit, man. Man, that's a mouthful in just a simple word, remission of sins. That's power. Wow, praise God for what can wash away our sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that washes wider than snow. See, I always know which denomination you came from because it's, it's determined on how long you hold out that word snow, right? <laughs> you know, if you come from more, more, you know, like how you came from the Methodist church, right? So y'all held that out a whole long time. To, snow, no other fountain. See, I was Pentecostal. We were in too big of a rush, man. We had, we, you know, up-tempo. So, so Ryan got a little Pentecostal on us today. You just, you know, you went right through that syllable. I love that song. So thank you for singing it. So now... That's the crux of my point today, right? <laughs> so I just kind of delivered the main point at the top of the sermon. I did, I did a preaching no-no. You're supposed to hold everyone in slight suspense and wrap it up at the end. But now that I've, we've talked about the power of remission, there are two points I want you to get. I want to talk, talk to you about what does not remit your sins, but then what does remit your sins, Okay. And the reason why I want to teach it now, as I'm teaching it, some of you are going to go, well, yeah, yeah, I already know that. Okay. But I want, and then some of you are going to go, oh, okay. Uh, because there has been some erroneous teaching over the years in churches and with various denominations, and this is not me throwing shade at any denomination. We all come from all kinds of different walks. Okay. Uh, uh, but, but even the denomination I grew up in the sect of Pentecostal I grew up in, there was a misunderstanding when it came to remission of sins and what it linked it to, where, where scripturally it was, we were in error, okay? All the wonderful things I was taught, there were some things I had to unlearn, right, over the years. And so we're going to talk about, I just want everyone uh, to where scripturally you can actually, uh, if anyone ever bugs you about it, well, scripturally you can, you can make your, your, your point, and, and be very accurate with the word of God, okay? So Jesus said, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins, okay? So now, we very much here at Gathering Church believe in baptism. When you come to Christ, uh, one of the first things we encourage you to do, and, and we are commanded to do per the word of God, is to be baptized. And so we immerse in water. We bury. The word baptize means, in the Greek, baptismo means to bury. So you go into a watery grave. Now, baptism in itself ultimately is an outward expression of what God is doing on the inside. That you have died to yourself in Christ, but you are now risen to be a new creature in his grace and in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And so the first, the first thing that the Lord commands us to do is to, to be baptized. However, point number one, we're going to talk about what baptism does not do. Water baptism does not result in the remission of your sins, okay? Let's all, let's all talk about it. And, and now some of you may sit there and go, well, yeah, 
But there's some of us that grew up saying, hey, look, you need to go be baptized because your sins, that way your sins will be remitted. Okay? And there's a reason why, and it's, it's a slight misunderstanding of the interpretation. Okay? Uh, so here we are. Here's, I'm going to point out two, two common verses that are used, and they were used when I was growing up and taught to me. Uh, and it's a misunderstanding, okay? So that we're talking about John the Baptist here. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance. Everyone say repentance. repentance. For the remissions of sins. And what will often be taught is, see, even John the Baptist said, come on, be baptized for the remissions of sins. So your sins can be remitted, Right? Uh, that the, the, the water symbolically, symbolically is remitting your sin, what God's doing spiritually. But it doesn't take place until you're baptized, okay? First of all, let's talk about the baptism of repentance. And then here in a minute, we're going to get to the phrase for the remission of sins, right? Which, man, the remission of sins, that's really powerful stuff, right? The baptism of repentance. The word repent in the Old Testament, or in the New Testament in Greek is translated uh, met no, okay. Met no. This the the most common word for sin is harmateo, hamarteo. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Hamarteo. Uh, the word the word hamarteo or or sin means to miss the mark. It also means to err or to make a mistake. It also means to have no inheritance in. Right. So if you are chained by sin, or if we are born into sin, we are born without an inheritance, right? But once you come to Christ, you are a joint heir with Christ. So everything that Christ inherits, you get to inherit, right? Now, the word for repentance, the baptism of repentance, or the baptism of metno, which is the, the Greek word, it, it means on the surface, it means to turn around or an about face. It's a military term, right? And so folks will often say, hey, repent. To repent of your sins means you, you turn away from sin and you walk a different way. And on the surface, that's correct. It means something much deeper. The word metno or repentance actually means to think and then think about what you just thought about. That's the literal translation. Or in other words, it means to rethink what you've been thinking about, or to think differently. That's pretty powerful, right? Because it's, don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can know what is the, that good will of, and pleasing will of God, right? So in other words, you have to learn to rethink. So what John came preaching was, I need all you guys to come get baptized who are going to start rethinking some things. Baptism was not unique to the Hebrews. It's not unique to Christians. All kind of religious groups and, and cultures have used baptism, you know, being washed in water as a means of showing a change, uh, a pivotal change in your life. So, so to, to say a baptism of repentance or met no means I am starting to think differently, so therefore I'm going to go symbolically be baptized to show a change. I'm thinking different. And because of this, it deals with the remission of sins, okay? Now, what, 
what was he telling them to think different about? Well, at the time that John wrote this gospel, everyone would have understood what John the Baptist was saying. You need to rethink some things, right? So the word repent means to think about something different. Well, what is it? Well, fortunately, Acts chapter 19 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul gives all of us modern Gentiles a chance to figure out what that means. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance or met no, saying to the people. So he's saying, John said to think differently. Think differently about what? Well, Paul tells us that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. So what John the Baptist is saying is, all of you Hebrews that are hearing me, coming out to the wilderness to hear me, you have been trained and taught in the Torah, the law and the prophets. All these years, many of you have memorized most of it because a lot of them couldn't read, so they would commit it to memory. So all these scriptures that talked about Messiah and talked about what God was going to do are correct, but I need you to think about them differently because you need to apply them to the man who's about to come after me, Christ Jesus who was the Messiah. That's why one day when he was baptized, he looks up and he sees Christ and he says, ah, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. Not just the sins of us, but the sins of the whole world. Here he is. So what basically the word repent, then we can, we can say means to think differently and believe on Jesus is what he's telling these guys. Think about all these scriptures, but look through the, the lens of Jesus, Right? So that's what the baptism of repentance is. Well, what do we, how do we resolve that it says the baptism of repentance for the remissions of sins? It's really easy. It's, it's linguistic syntax, okay? So, let's, so, so we'll explain what that means, baptism for the remission of sins, through this scripture right here. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, which is the crown jewel of the Pentecostal sect that I came from, right? And... So it says, then Peter said unto them, here's the word again, repent. Met no, what does that mean? We just said it. It means to think differently and believe in Jesus, right? Have faith in Christ. So repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Here it is again, for the remissions of sins. So for the cancellation of your sins and for the, the uh, shrinkage of your sin problem to where it no longer has power over you. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So even there, when you read it, you can say, ah, well, see, once again, you need to be baptized so that your sins can be remitted, okay? Again, it's linguistics. Uh, it's, uh, we're misunderstanding the English translation. Let's put it, what's another way of saying for something, like, suppose Pastor Kate came in this morning and she said, man, Dave, I woke up with a, just my head was throbbing, so I took a couple of ibuprofen for my headache. She didn't say, she's not trying to tell me I took ibuprofen so I could get a headache. She's saying I took ibuprofen because of my headache, right? So what Peter is saying and what John was saying, repent, think differently, and believe in Jesus. Okay? Okay, I did that check. Now what do I do? Now go get baptized because of the remission of your sins. 
Does that make sense? Go get baptized. Why, why, do you, why do I need to get baptized? Because your sins have been remitted. They've been canceled. They've been washed away. You got a brand new life. Really? Well, when, when, when did they get washed away? When you repent it. When you thought differently and believed in Jesus. Okay? That's what these scriptures are, are ultimately saying. So if, you know, if, you, if we back it up here, back to John 1 and 4. John came baptized in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of thinking different and believing in Christ because of the remission of sins. Because that's how your sins are going to be remitted, is if you can think different and believe in Christ. It all goes back to faith, right? So, which brings me to my next point. Point number one, water baptism. And now some of, like I said, some of y'all are sitting there going, well, yeah, 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 because that's how you were taught. Well, some of us were taught differently, and I, I want to correct it for us. Water baptism does not result in the remission of sin. However, believing in Jesus results in the remission of sins. And man, that's so powerful and awesome that, hey, your sins are remitted. But it's really simple. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him, right? So here are a bunch of verses we're going to talk about. Acts 10, 43, to him, talking about Jesus, to Jesus, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever, what? Believes. Whoever has faith in him will receive remission of sins. Isn't that powerful? That all you have to do is say, I believe you. And just like that, you get to start over. Man, that's powerful. Acts 2, 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? Well, if you are saved, or the word is sozo, if you are restored. The word sozo means restored, replenished, renewed, uh, soundness, wellness of being. It doesn't just mean punching your ticket to heaven, but it means all that. Well, if you're going to be that way, that means that your sins are remitted. Well, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love this. Romans 10, 13 through 14. Paul expands that even more. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? In other words, if you're calling on the name of the Lord, it's because you believe. Right? So remissions of sins, the fact that your sins have been remitted, is all because of faith. Right? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. For by grace, this is, you can't get any more plain than this. For by grace, what is grace? An unearned gift, unmerited favor, right? It's not a paycheck. You've got to earn your paycheck. But a gift, you don't earn, do you? For by grace, you have been saved through faith. Someone's like, why, Dave, why? I, you preach about faith all the time. You're one of these faith preachers. You're faith well, because that's where it all starts, right? It all starts in simply believing, not just believing in Jesus, but believing Jesus too, right? For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. If I was going to say, look, I'm saved and I know I'm saved, I know my sins are remitted. Why? Because I went down to the water and I had the preacher dunk me. Well, then I'm saying I'm responsible somehow for the remission of my sins. I know I'm saved because I preacher gave an altar call and I went and shook his hand and 
recite it, the sinner's prayer that he prayed for me. Now listen, I'm not dogging the sinner's prayer one, one bit. It's a wonderful tool. You can't find it in the Bible anywhere. <laughs> right? Uh, praying the sinner's prayer is not what saves you. Believing in Jesus saves you. If, if you can articulate it through the sinner's prayer, praise God, awesome. The Bible says that if you'll believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that he, that he rose again on, on the third day, then you can be saved. It's one of the easiest things you could ever do. It has, praise God, it has nothing to do with me. My salvation has nothing to do with me. I praise God I was baptized. It's a fond memory. I was, I was, I was nine years old when I gave my heart to the Lord. I was nine years old when I was baptized. I remember it to this day. But it had nothing. My salvation was already paid for on the cross. Through the shed blood of Jesus, which atoned for us. We learned that last week. And through his resurrection. And believing in that. Right? Now, this is the words of Jesus. Look, man, I highlighted this to death, didn't I? Just all this highlighting. Jesus is talking to uh, Nicodemus, who was one of the great... Uh, teachers of Israel at the time. He was an incredible teacher. And he's, Nicodemus came to see him late at night, trying to make sure nobody knew that he was visiting Jesus. But he's fascinated, and he's asking Jesus all this stuff. And Jesus started talking about being born again. And he said, born again? He said, how, how am I going to climb back in my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus laughed. He said, you're one of the great teachers of Israel. And you, you don't understand I'm talking about spiritual things here. He said, yeah, you've got to have, you've got to be born of the water. In, in other words, and I've had some people teach that that's talking about, see, see, you've got to be born of the water. That means you've got to be born, you know, you've got to get baptized. No, it, it, that's, he's talking about the natural birth. We are, we have all, if you're sitting here today, you had a watery birth, right? We, we all came from the water. He said, you've got to be born of the water, but you also have to be born of spirit. And the things I'm talking about is spirit. Then he goes on to say, he hearkens back to to the Torah, to the Old Testament. And he talks about as, you know, because Nicodemus was a, was a master in the Torah. He says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the, in the wilderness, y'all remember the, the story of Moses? He, he hammered out this, the bronze serpent and all the children of Israel that looked on the serpent and were healed. Well, that was a symbol of Christ. Say, so, well, I thought Christ was the Lamb of God and the serpent, man, that's creepy. Man, serpents aren't fun. Serp serpents are why I can't get my wife to go back on those trails and ride a bike with me anymore. Because <laughs> she's like, she saw one too many snakes. And it was one snake. <laughs> and that was one too many. <laughs> I went riding yesterday. I came back and said, hey, I saw your pet. He was, he was out there. She said, man, forget that. Serpent, man, serpent makes me think of the garden and sin. Well, that's right, because when Jesus was on the cross, he became our sin. So it had to be. It couldn't be a lamb that they looked at. It had to be a serpent. It had to be sin. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He's, he's foretelling his crucifixion. Now listen, Jesus says something three times to Nicodemus, three times in a row. And if Jesus says something three times in a row, we need to listen. <laughs> and this is what he says. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So your sins are going to be remitted, right? Verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, he repeats himself, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. Uh, So three times in a row, Jesus said, look, all you got to do is believe. Just trust. Just believe. It's the same thing that God was telling Abraham back in Genesis when he made the covenant. Leave everything behind Abraham and follow me. I'll take care of you. I will bless you. I'll be your God. You'll be my people. I'll bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you. I just need you to trust me. It all hinges on faith. That's why I preach about faith all the time. John 3.38. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So, once again, we've got something very powerful that has happened to us. And it's that we have experienced the remission of sins. So our, our sins are not only just forgiven, but the payment, the penalty, the price, the debt, the invoice for that sin has been shredded up, thrown away, burnt, incinerated, not even put in the recycle pile. And not only that, it has been caused, that sinful nature has been caused to be shrunk in your life to a place that it lies dormant and no longer has to have progress in your spirit, man. That's why I say, well, how come I still struggle with sin? you got to learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. That's why he fills you with the Holy Spirit, because it empowers you. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead quickens our mortal body. So I can have victory. I can, I can maintain and make sure that that sinful nature remains in remission because of my faith in him. And by having faith in him, I am now filled with his spirit that allows me to be empowered to walk in full remission. That's power. And it only happens because of faith in Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with me. It's just the fact that I believe him. He said it. I got to believe him. Amen. Let's all stand. Powerful, powerful stuff. The power of agreement. When we get together, when I can agree with the word of God, but when I can get with Ryan and he and I agree together on the word of God, whoo, that's some powerful stuff. That's why we need to get together, stay in fellowship, you know, be faithful with church, be faithful, attend some Bible studies, get together, have folks over to eat, fellowship. Why? Because I need to make sure I'm hooking up with people that can agree with the word of God with me instead of speak doubt into me. The power of atonement, man, the blood of Jesus atones for us. It means that our sins are covered both inside and out. It, wasn't that beautiful? That the first time that atonement is mentioned in the word of God, it refers to Noah building the ark, that he had to put pitch or atonement on the inside and outside of the ark to waterproof it. And when Jesus, he was, he was wounded for our transgressions, that's an outward injury, he was bruised for our iniquity. Those are internal sins. He was bruised, that's an internal injury. Inside and out, he covered us. And ultimately the wrath of God is removed, our sins are removed. And then now we have the power of remission, that our sins just aren't forgiven, but, but they're canceled out, the debt's canceled, and that sin now lies dormant in our life if we'll just believe and let the Holy Spirit do his work. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for all the power that you've given us, the power to be everything you have called us to be. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here who's never made a decision to live with you, 
live for you, that they'll make that decision today, that if we'll believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that you are Lord, that you rose again on the third day, that we can be saved. Father, thank you for the remission of sins. Be with this fellowship. Help us to be Jesus for somebody this week and be the church and help us to continue to walk in the power that you have given us. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord one more time as a family. If you need prayer, I'll be over on the side. Or as I say all the time, just grab somebody's hand. Everybody else is filled with the Holy Spirit just like I am. They can pray for you. And God listens just as much as he listens to me. But let's just support one another today and uh, worship the Lord on our way out. Amen.